this is a very special week because Elisha is closing the chapter on an entire decade and entering his 30s. So I'm pretty excited about it. We're going to hear what he thinks about it in this episode. And obviously, anytime you come up on a mile mark year, whether that's half a decade or I don't know if it's 16 years old when you're younger, it causes you to think and reflect and think about the past and think about the future and what you want. I think any birthday actually really does that. So I'm really excited to hear his thoughts coming into this this year, and I think you guys are going to be encouraged too. Hey, I'm Elisha Votberg. And I'm his wife, Katie. Katie and I both grew up in families that were fun, impactful, and relationship rich. Now that we're a family of our own with three young children under the age of three, we're eager to see what God can do through the family unit. We're so excited that you're joining us on this podcast as we dive into what the Bible says about marriage, children, parenting, money, sex, careers, roles, and so much more. Katie, are you ready? Let's go. We're back with yet another episode of the Now That We're a Family podcast. This might be episode number 92, which is quite a few. I feel like that's very specific for being a maybe. I think it's either 91 or 92. I know I have no clue. Elisha's the one who heads up everything with the podcast. It's a group effort, definitely, to obviously create the content for it. I come down here and blab, but he does all the hard work. So this week's exciting. Katie already mentioned in the introduction that I'm turning 30 years old here in a couple of days. And just the ending, the, you know, the closing of a decade and the starting of a new one definitely lends to there being reflection on life. And many times bring reflection for life. I mean, I think it's a good thing to reflect on life. Oftentimes we don't have that luxury to stop and think and assess where we are or where we're going. But I feel like I've been granted that luxury over the last week or so to really contemplate where I'm at in my life, uh, what what I'm grateful for from my 20s and what I'd like to see transpire in my 30s. And I'm also well aware of the fact that, boy, I have no idea what life's going to look like when I'm 40. You know, when I was 20 years old, I there's no way I could have predicted that my life would look the way that it looks right now. And, and most of that is, it's so much better now than I could have ever predicted. You know, there are some things probably that have transpired in our world where I'm like, well, that's kind of crazy. Never would have seen that coming. But for me personally, and where I'm at in my life, I'm so grateful with, I don't know, just how the Lord's chosen to bless me in different areas of my life. So, yeah. Well, I feel like you're coming in to your thirties, very prepared for it. Because when Elisha and I first got married, he was, you were 26? Yep. No, no, I was 25. You were 25. Okay, so the first birthday we celebrated together, you turned 26. Yeah. And that's crazy because I'm coming upon 26. Nice. But you have said ever since that birthday, oh, Katie, I am almost 30. I'm (laughs) almost 30. That's like how he's described himself for the past four years. So I feel like you're 
really chill and excited though about turning 30 now. Yeah. Compared to like when you were 26. Oh, sure. You were stressing out about turning 30. I was stressing out about it a few, a couple of years ago, but I'm ready to embrace it now. It is an exciting age. I mean, I think that people talk about, you know, Jesus being around age 30 when he started his kind of formal documented earthly ministry that we have documented in the gospels. And, uh, I think supposedly King David was 30 when he took the throne. And so I think it's kind of been, it's been a coming of age for (laughs) some big people like Jesus. And so we'll see what transpires in my 30th year. Those are pretty big things. (laughs) Maybe I'll start my, uh, my earthly ministry in the way that God intended for me to be doing it all along. That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm going to share a little bit about, I guess, some trepidation I have going into my thirties. Uh, but then also some tools that I'm hoping to use to combat that and just kind of what my overall mindset is going into my thirties. And I'm really curious as to hear what Katie's thoughts are, not only regarding my life, but regarding her life. You know, this is our life that we're living together, but I think that her insights regarding growth and maturity and the embracing of the next year as it, as it pertains to women, it can be extremely helpful and to me and to, to women, to anybody listening. <laughs> uh, and so I'll start by saying my twenties were a huge blessing. It's crazy to think about turning 20 years old. And I feel like my twenties were just a, were a, were a decade of discovery and that being, what am I going to do with my life? You know, am I going to go to college? And I, I started college four different times and dropped out four different times. And, you know, over the course of like seven years accumulated, almost a bachelor's degree <laughs> and that, that, you know, when you're in your tw- your early twenties, you're considering and wondering who you're going to marry. And, and I definitely was considering that, you know, up until the time I was 25 and I married Katie and then I became a father in my twenties and I've really, I, you know, I bought my first house here in the twenties and I feel like we kind of, even, even though we don't know how long-term Coeur d'Alene, Idaho hit, oh, his, is for our home, we feel like it's our home. You know, we kind of, we, we were first married in Bend, Oregon, and we were there because Katie's family was there and I was already there. We just kind of stayed there when we got married. And then we moved to my hometown in Centralia, Washington, and we were there because it was my family's town. But I feel like Coeur d'Alene's our first move that has been our decision that's just for the sake of us and our family and what we felt was best for our family. Yeah. And I felt like that was a very solidifying and kind of a, a moment of discovery for us. Um, as a married couple and as a family. Uh, and so when I consider all those things, it's like, boy, I want to be able to take the discovery from those things and now cultivate and go deep in obviously my relationship with God first and foremost and following after him in a fervent and passionate way. And then now that, you know, I've found my bride, I know who I'm going to be spending my life with. I'm in this opportunity to, and I'm so grateful I'm given this opportunity to grow in my marriage from what I would consider a place of strength where I love my wife. I love my marriage and I just want to go deeper with, with you, Katie, and really solidify that in in my thirties. And, and then I think of the same thing with my children. You know, we had our first three children in, in my twenties and there was this discovery of fatherhood and, you know, being with small children and knowing how to, I guess, take care of them, take care of them in a basic way. But then now in my 30s, I really want to learn how to take care of my children in the spiritual and in an emotional way as they enter more personhood. You know, they're becoming more complicated already as they're turning three and four years old. And um, I want to be able to disciple them 
and to invest more and more time into my children. And so I'm really excited about my 30s from that standpoint. And Kate, I cannot tell you how grateful I am that you're my companion uh, as I enter into my 30s. I mean that. I'm so grateful for it. But from your perspective, Katie, what would you say your 20s have been and my 20s have been? Your tw- like both of our 20s have been together, yeah, basically? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would say that same thing. You're laying the foundation, like you're making life decisions that are going to, Lord willing, stick with you for the rest of your life. That's right. So you're shaping your the foundation of your entire future. And yeah, that happens as you're growing up too, but it happens, at least for us, it happens so quickly back to back between getting married, finding out what we wanted to do as far as like online business and work and money. And yeah, how that was going to look. And we just were really quick and trying everything Mm. right off the bat. I Mm. feel like, you know, like we had our kiddos right away and launched into parenthood right away. And it's been an awesome growing season. And I do think it's just cool now to feel like there's, I mean, you have a lot of experience under your belt and I have some just, it's like real life. And there is that aspect. We were just talking about this the other day, how the older you get, the more you realize how little, you know, Mm And that's kind of comforting yeah. in a certain extent because you just become a lot more open-minded mm-hmm. in a healthy way, mm-hmm. I think, and you become a lot less concerned about people. You know, that's something mm. that I've seen in your life. And Elisha is... I think far less concerned with what people think of me. Not, yeah, I, I still am concerned about people. <laughs> you just don't care about people anymore. <laughs> it's awesome. No, when... Elisha and I first got married, I'd say one of the biggest things that he blessed me with and that I feel like I helped him with was his desire to please people. Hmm. And Elisha really helped me. We've talked about this before and he continues to help me realize what's more appropriate (laughs) in different situations and when to hold my tongue and when to speak and to be more empathetic towards people. Elisha's very, very good with connecting with everyone on whatever level they want to be connected with on. Mm-hmm. And that's something I've always really admired. He takes an interest in everybody. And I just think that also th- that also came with this negative effect yeah. of overthinking what everyone thinks yep. and letting that be paralyzing sure. to you. I, I, we've told you guys this story before, but I remember the very first, video I was going to post right after we got married. I was going to post like this pregnancy announcement video, but it was like a parody on Facebook. That's really all we had at the time was just Facebook. And he was like, you are not going to post that. Like that is just humiliating. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just been really cool, I guess, to see you become more confident in who you are and in making the decisions that you feel like the Lord's called you to and not letting people get in the way of, making those decisions, yes. but still caring and, and loving on people. Yeah. So. Oh, well, thanks for saying that. Cause that's certainly a goal of mine. I definitely want my fear of God to be so great and my reverence of God and my, I guess my concern with what God thinks of me to be so great that the fear of man really fades away. And, uh, I just, I, I love the idea of in my thirties living as though I'm living before God first and foremost, that's not, to say that I don't want to care about people and I don't want to care about what they're thinking in a healthy way so that I can be kind to them. 
and I can minister to them, but I don't want that to be such a factor in making my decisions like it was in my twenties. Uh, so yeah, that's certainly a, go- a goal going into my, going into my thirties. I think something that has me a little bit concerned going into my thirties. And I was talking to Katie about this, this very fact, uh, today, and that is a, a fear of complacency. I, I, I'm so grateful with the Lord's blessing up until this point in our life. And of course I've got friends that are in their thirties and I've, I'm around many people that are in their thirties. And I say that to say too, that, you know, I would be naive to say that all the big decisions in my life have already been made in my twenties. That's not at all what I think. I mean, I, my eyes are open and I see how many of my friends have life altering decisions in their thirties or they come across crises or, you know, tragedies. And yeah, I think they say like every five years there's a crisis. Yeah. It's just, that's our whole, that's like our whole life. I feel yeah. like the stuff like that's going to going to be happening. But I do feel like there was a rapid succession there in our twenties in which these decisions were being made and big changes were being made. So maybe it'll slow down a bit in my thirties. Uh, but a fear that I have is, uh, is entering into a place of complacency because I am so grateful for the blessing in our lives, but it can come with comfort and it can come with this, um, almost, temptation to accept where your your plight in life so to speak or what you would consider to be your plight in life and say oh this is it i'm in my 30s this is how healthy i'm going to be this is the type of marriage i'm going to have this is the type of christian i'm going to be this is the type of dad i'm going to be and this is the type of income i'm going to have and you just kind of accept that for what it is and don't have any desire to grow or you don't put forth any effort to grow and again it's not like I, I'm condemning anybody that has this mindset, but I know I don't want it in my own life. And I know that it does not inspire me when I see that in other men in their thirties. And I think that there are d- numerous ways that I can combat that. But the biggest thing I want to keep at the forefront of my mind is exhausting my youth for what God has me put me here on earth for. And I don't, I look at my thirties as being kind of like the last decade of my youth and And of course, numbers are numbers and age is just a number and it's going to vary from person to person. But in general, when I think of somebody in their 30s, I think of them as still being a young man and they enter their 40s and I don't consider them a young man anymore. You know, they're not old, but they're certainly not a young man when they're in their 40s. And I think of my 30s and I I want to exhaust my youth. I want to exhaust my 30s by being the man God created me to be. And that's pursuing him, I think, and loving my wife and pouring into my children. And I don't want to exhaust my youth and exhaust these years and my energy that I have with my youth in frivolous pursuits that this world has to offer. Yeah. I think of that's kind of the flip side of caring less about what people think of you as you get older. Yes. You aren't as motivated to do things that maybe you had the wrong motivation for, but it still was helping you in life. You know, like when you're dating or you're in the dating arena yep you're caring about your appearance you're caring about how much effort you're putting forward into a relationship Mm -hmm. you you know and that's just one thing and then you get married and it's really easy to be like okay you know we're five years in we know each other now you just kind of settle in yeah or you're comfortable with the the things that aren't working right you just kind of accept them as is what is that's right and pain points and it's really easy to do that in every area of our life because when we are really young and we aren't as confident in our decisions. We're looking a lot more around to different factors that motivate us. Yes. I guess. And yes. it's really easy to be like, 
okay, well, I have these things lined up. I have my family. I already have my wife. I have my house. Yep. Or for me, you know, I'm, I'm married to my husband. And just kind of settle in there. Yeah, it's funny for me to think about my 20s kind of regarding that. And I, up until the time I was married, maybe from the time I was 20 to 24 or 25, when I would memorize scripture or I would read Christian literature or just spend time in God's word, I would be thinking, oh, this is going to be so helpful when like I meet a girl that I want to pursue or that I want to marry. <laughs> this is going to make me look that much better. Like if I've, if I've got this scripture memorized or if I've read these books and I've got this knowledge. Elisha has memorized a lot of scripture and read a lot of books. And it paid off. If he you came ask across me. really well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I think of how often that was a motivator for me. Now, is that kind of silly that that was a motivation for me? Yeah, it's probably kind of, maybe it's, I don't know, silly or not silly, but I don't really care what the motivation was because I'm so grateful for the scripture that I memorized and that's now on my heart. And I'm so grateful for the Christian literature that I read and for the time that I spent in God's word. And it's funny because when we then got married, I definitely lost, a, I think both of us there for a season lost an appetite and a motivation for God's word. It's like, yeah, for sure. We were like, well, I'm married and we're, I don't know, you know, like, well, I, I, think I don't know what it was really finding. I and mean, we talked about this even on our last episode, but I think we were both really fulfilled in each other. Yes. And we weren't feeling that lack or, and that like pursuit of God mm -hmm. just went to the back burner because we were pursuing each other so hard. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And as a result, there did become a spiritual void in my life. Uh, and I think in yours too, Katie, that you've yeah, talked about for sure. and we became more, I guess, needful of, we were always in need of God and his grace, but we became more desiring of walking with him in a more intimate way. Uh, but in addition to that, when we got married, uh, we were strapped for money. We didn't have a ton of money and, but we were so motivated I was working at the restaurant. I was teaching music lessons. You were tutoring. You were walking dogs. You were doing all those like <laughs> random things so to make a buck here and there. And then we were doing a lot of stuff together. Yes. Just scrapping. And... Yeah, that's right. And I, we were waking up at 5 a.m. and we were working all day and we were having a blast. We were working until I had to go to work at the restaurant, which was at 3. And then I'd get home at 1030 or whatever. We'd go to bed and we would do it all again because we were hungry. And it was kind of a pain point in our life. Yeah, they say like pain or fear maybe fear is the greatest motivator well, yeah i don't it's know either fear or pain but they're both kind of similar <laughs> and we had we had those in our life i yes. mean we are so motivated by that fear of lack yes whereas when you have things it's hard to stay hungry exactly in that way that's right yeah so i look at so much growth that transpired from 26 to, to where i'm at, i am now and it was motivated by that either pain of of you know, there being too much month at the end of the money and wanting to have more abundant provision, um, or just not enjoying what I was doing too. You know, I think that we were always pretty well provided for, but it usually was coming through a job that I did not enjoy and was really motivated to get out of. And so that led to me waking up early in the morning, being more studious in business and being more persistent and learning from entrepreneurs and business people. And, uh, and it's not like we've, it's not like we're millionaires now, but we certainly found ourselves in a place where I don't need to work these jobs. I don't enjoy. We, we are really enjoying the fruit of those, those years in our businesses. Mm -hmm. And we're grateful for that, but we don't feel that pain that we once felt, you know, we're not living in a tiny apartment, scraping out rent. And I don't want that to turn into complacency. 
at all. Yeah, and I think that's something that it's easy to confuse here. Just because the world in this power-hungry, money-hungry mindset sometimes it can be like, oh, well, I just need to be content, right? We compare contentment as being the opposite of this world that we see that never stops turning, that's right. always lusting after the yeah, next never thing. satisfied. That's Yeah, that's just never satisfied, and you just have to keep, like, hustling, right? right? right. And that's definitely not the place that we're striving to be in. We no. don't want to be in the hustle culture. But we also... You can be content and still be living out the full potential that God's placed on your life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we're striving for yep. in these years, not just settling yes. for things, for bad habits, settling yep. for doing less than what we could be doing, like less than our full potential, I yeah, guess. Yeah, capabilities or, or, yeah, potential, whatever that means, you know, what whatever the well, Lord's like place you on your heart. Well, like, you know, I guess you... Yeah, you know, if you have something you left. You know when yeah. you're like, I have something left to give. Right. And I'm letting distractions and bad habits yes. and insecurities sap all that strength. That's right. Or, you know, or I'm really utilizing the 100%. skills and abilities and this energy that God's given me. And you can tell when you're around someone that is in this place of growth and learning and pursuit yes. and they just have so much energy to and give. they're content and they're yeah, doing that because that's fulfilling. Yes. It's fulfilling to, to be living into the life that of growth. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Th and that the Lord's given you. Yeah. And I know so often I try to disguise complacency or bad habits with terms like, well, I'm just being content or, I just want to trust the Lord will provide, you know, he's provided thus far for us and he's going to provide in the future for us. And I'll use a lot of verbiage like that when I know in my heart of hearts, it's like, no, you're just being lazy. Like you are being lazy or you aren't willing to kick that bad habit or you aren't willing to just work a little bit harder or you aren't willing to do that hard thing that's right in front of you. And I think something that you and I have both realized over the last, you know, since we've been married is that the joy really is in the journey. Yes. That's when you're fulfilled. And that's the blessing I think of being older is you do realize, and I'm saying older, like we're just these wise sages, but you know, <laughs> older than we were. Yeah, we are I'm looking older forward than we were. to more age and more wisdom over the next 20 years. But the benefit of getting older is that you learn, Oh, I've arrived quote unquote, several times. Yeah. I've gotten to where I've wanted to be. Yes. Whether it's a relationship, whether it's financially, whether it's the house that I wanted, whether it was the child, whatever it is. Yep. And you realize that the joy was in working to get there. Yep. And I think of this, the Lord's created us for work. Like Adam and Eve, he gave him a garden to tend in yeah. a perfect world. Yeah. And yeah. It was a part of the world before the fall. It was. Yeah. Work was because like the Lord works mm -hmm. and I think he knows, I mean, I think he knows, <laughs> he knows that that's where we're just, I don't know. It's a part of the image of God. Yes. I we're believe. Cr yeah. Is, we're creative. We're, it's creating yes. and working and building. That's right. And not just tearing down or watching things fall down right. in our personal lives, yep. in our physical bodies. Yes. That's just, that's death. Yep. You know, it's like this disintegration right. of who we are if we aren't moving forward yeah. in a healthy 
surrendered way to live. Yeah, and this is something that I'm really curious about because I've found that when I am heavily motivated to be disciplined in, say, my exercise or getting in God's Word or, um, you know, working harder in my businesses and growing those and growing my finances— I, it's not like I'm motivated usually from this place of um, like wholehearted intimacy with God and this desire to walk with him. And yet the fruit of those things is always so I'm always so grateful for and it's beneficial. And then when I have these moments that I think Katie and I have had numerous times over the last year of realizing your desires and your affections were far more aligned with the world than they were with who God tells us to be and who God is. And I get convicted and I cling to God that much tighter and I run to him and I say, God, I want to walk with you. I want to be your child and I want to be your servant. Uh, it's like that's so exciting and rewarding for a season. But yet I don't I'm not able to carry over these habits that I had with the other motivation sometimes. And that's just a perplexity to me. And I think that that's a common thing that I see in Christianity in general, in Christian people. It's like. This, these people that are really driven, really hungry, they're getting stuff done and they're disciplined. And then there's people that are very spiritually minded and they are not getting as much stuff done. And I think that when I think about it from a biblical standpoint, I'm thinking, boy, if I like believe the gospel, if I believe that I'm a blood-bought son of God, that I'm an ambassador for Jesus Christ, I'm set forth to proclaim the glory of him that has called me out of darkness and into his marvelous light as a peculiar person— like, if I believe those things, that should bring forth the best, like, self-development discipline ever. And I think that's really a motivation that I have is to believe those truths of the word and meditate on them and let that be what gets me up at five in the morning instead of, you know, the mortgage coming next week, you know? Yeah, doing all things to the glory to of the God. To the glory of God, yeah. I think sometimes, what well, we've talked about this, but it's really easy to use spirituality as an excuse. Yeah. And it, because I know like, you know, take my uncle Mark for exist, for instance, he's an evangelist and God is like his biggest motivator to like work his tail off. Yeah. He, that guy is like, awesome. He's, he's a legend. A, like he's a super successful businessman. Yes. He retired at, what was it? Like 30. Yeah. And then has used the money from what he, did until he was 30 to basically fund himself yes. being in full-time ministry. Yes. And it's just so inspiring. But I see that in certain people. Like we were just talking about a guy last night that is in yeah. big time ministry. That's so inspirational to yeah. us with the, his pursuits and his focus. And so I do think the things they coexist, Yes, but I think often when we, start focusing like I think you and I were really driven this last season to focus on God more be out of a this world has nothing to offer yeah which is true but then it was also this like well the world's over yeah so Jesus come quickly kind yes. of thing yes and just like the Lord's never wanted us at least in my interpretation of the Bible, to just sit on our hands and wait for him to come. Right. We're supposed to be worshiping him, serving him, and being about his business. That's right. And whatever that business is yep. for our lives. Yeah. But not using, 
not becoming complacent and sitting there being like, well, the Lord's coming anyways and the world's ending. So yes. I'm just going to huddle down here. And, and most often it's like, what, are you just reading your Bible five hours a day? Or are you like watching Netflix and passing the time? Right. You know, because a lot of us, <laughs> we still fall into like bad habits. Yeah. Even if we're yeah. like. <laughs> no. Yeah. Even after we cancel our, cancel our subscription in Netflix. <laughs> Out of out of rebellion to them, we still found other no. platforms that streamed shows. It was crazy. We were able to find other sources turns of out. entertainment. Yeah, it turns yeah. out. Um, no, but you're so right, Katie, because you take your uncle Mark, who hustled a ton in his youth, and he was successful in business. And I look at the discipline in his life now as an evangelist, and I think he's sixty. Is he sixty years old? Mm-hmm. And he wakes up early, not to hustle and go make more millions of dollars, but he wakes up early to like share the gospel. And he dresses well and he speaks well and he's continually developing himself and reading and learning, not so that he can be more successful in this world as a businessman, but so that he can be more and more an ambassador for Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and an evangelist. And that always inspires me. And it's the same thing with our friend that was just, that Katie was just talking about that was over the other night. He is a successful businessman. He's in ministry and he is not like, he is so relentless in his pursuit of knowing God, of growing in his, in his, I guess, knowledge and understanding of God's word. And, and that carries over in, into his self-development too, into his health and into how he's taking care of his family. And, uh, that's something that I want to be, have be real in my thirties. It's funny, even just talking this out, it's like, I haven't really thought of this, this whole concept until tonight, but it's like, what do we feel like the Lord's called you and I to? You know, what do we, what are the resources that we want to work for that we can use in the Lord's work, Mm -hmm. not just in our own materialistic gain? You Mm -hmm. know, how can we be motivated? Like, is it hospitality? Mm -hmm. Is it giving financially somewhere? Mm -hmm. You know, is it being able to take our kids to a different country Mm -hmm. or to give them these different experiences to be able to, you know, be financially free basically so we can have these different experiences and touch people's lives in that way. You know, like that'd be a cool thought process. I feel like for us to sit down and think about, well, what are certain motivators that are furthering the work of the gospel that we can be involved in and working towards? Yeah. And and I would say that God does reveal to people very in specific ways how he'd like to see them spending their time and what what are ways that they can be using their skills and their gifts and their talents. But I also know that from like a big picture standpoint, we have the answer in God's word. You know, I already referenced First Peter where it says to all Christians, ye are a holy nation or you are a holy generation. Can you help me with this? How's it go? You are holy people. Or, uh, oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. No, no, let me do it. Let me do it. I want the credit for it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, ye are a holy people. Dang, no. Ye are... A holy nation, a royal people, a chosen generation set forth to proclaim the glory, a peculiar, a peculiar people set forth to proclaim the glory of him that has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You can do it now. No, I think, it's okay. <laughs> Just dang it. <sighs> it's, I always like feel so good about myself when I'm able to recite scripture. <laughs> You've been married for five years. Um, <laughs> Well, I blew that one. No, I'm teasing you. And, you and I realized, the spot there. and I was able to reveal how egotistical I am at the same time. So, but I feel like that verse gives us so much purpose and direction. 
it calls us a holy nation, a peculiar people, you know, a royal, royal generation. But then it says that we're set forth to proclaim the glory of him that has called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Mm-hmm. We're told in other places that we are ambassadors for Jesus Christ. Uh, that are all Christians are not just like some select Christians are ambassadors. Some select Christians are set forth to proclaim the glory of him that has called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. If you're a Christian, then that's a role that God has put you in. Now, and then another role that I think is very clear to me is that I am a husband and mm-hmm. I am to wash you in God's word and I am to build you up, you know, as, as God has commanded me to do and to nurture you and cherish you and to live with you according to knowledge. And I want to continue to do that. And I'm a father and I'm giving so, and I'm given so much instruction on what I'm to do as a father and raising up children that love and fear and serve God, bringing them up in the nurture and admonition of his word or, you know, raising them up so that they are those arrows that are in my quiver that I'm ready to shoot out uh, into the world so that they can, that they can minister as well. And so those are like role, those are job descriptions that I have and then how that's going to look in an even more practical way. I do agree, Katie, that we can find that if we, if we seek the Lord. Well, I think it's so good that you mentioned all these things because the thing is, is that motivation begets motivation and complacency begets complacency. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy to be complacent in one area, like to be complacent in our health, for instance. Yeah. And it uh, permeates every area of our yeah, life, whether right. we realize it or not. So it can seem like a very earthly thing. These bodies are just temporal, but it does affect our life. Yeah. It affects our marriage. You can, yeah, like it, affects it affects your marriage. It affects your ability to minister to people, you know, in yeah. the name of, in the name of our Lord Jesus. And obviously, I mean, there are so many health challenges out there and the Lord uses everybody in different ways. Yeah. But I think the things that we have control over, it's important that we steward those not for our own benefit, not so, you know, we can be an Instagram model or something, but heaven forbid, heaven forbid, but not basically for this worldly, I don't know, acclaim of like, wow, you look so good, but this, it it really can be a spiritual thing. Well, we're able I mean, that's what I mean. Like, even as I considered my thirties as my youth, we, you just do have more energy and more vitality in your youth, in your physical bodies. And I want to be able to utilize that for his kingdom. I also want to be able to grow in my vitality and in my energy for my 40s and 50s and 60s. And the life decisions I'm making now are certainly going to come to fruition if the Lord grants me that many years. It, you know, he'll, they'll come to fruition and I'll see the ramifications of my decisions in my 40s and 50s and 60s and how much energy I have. And I mean, we like, I don't know, it's just not that complicated to me when I think about like, do you want to be the minister of God's word or do you want to be the person that's out there serving people with more energy or less energy? But I want to be with more energy, like with more health or less health or more vitality or less vitality. And so much of that is within our, our control, you know, life decisions. So much of it's not. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm just saying too, like when you're motivated in any one area, I guess. I notice the the motivation spilling over into how you are a yep. husband and how you are. Like when you feel confident and good about yourself and fulfilled in what you're doing on a day in and day out basis, that spills over into all these other things. Yeah. And I feel the same way about myself when I'm feeling fulfilled, when I'm obviously the Lord is the only way that we get totally fulfilled. But when we're walking out his 
stewardship plan, yes, <laughs> I guess, yes. and stewarding our lives, and for me, stewarding my home, then it really does just change my whole perspective mm-hmm. and motivates me in every area of life. Yes. Yeah, and I, I love that word steward, Katie, because so much of the hand we've been dealt or the hand people have been dealt is based off of God's sovereign will. And, or not so much of it, but that's what it's based off of God's sovereign will, who our parents were, what our DNA is, you know, what biological things we inherited from mm-hmm. our parents. And that's why he tells us to be stewards of what we got and what he's given to us. And that doesn't mean so that that's clearly you're not to compare yourself to others. You're saying, well, this is what God's given me, whether that's in business opportunity, ministry opportunity, my physical health, and I am to steward it. Yeah, I think of like the parable of the talents. Yes, that's right, like exactly. One got ten, one got five, yeah. one got one. But it doesn't really matter. It's just yeah. how we steward what we've been given. Yeah. I really love that. I did not realize this podcast was getting so long. Yeah, I know. I think we'll wrap it up. Uh, <laughs> thank you, guys. I know it was probably a little bit more conversational than what we're used to. But I think basically one thing that we're taking away from this, I guess, is Elisha and I have had this conversation of, of really since we've looked back, we, looking forward now, we really want to not settle for a complacent life. We want to be about what the Lord has us to be about yes. and whatever that is and, and holding it with open hands. I think that's something that also has come through the last couple of years is I would say neither you nor I cling so tightly to different dreams or goals right. or our exact plans. Right. We want to have open hands to whatever the Lord has, but we also want to plan our ways and have the Lord direct our steps. Yes. And so we're going to start getting up again Yes. earlier in, in the morning. Yep. We're going to start doing our miracle mornings again. We're going to start, well, Elisha's been working out consistently. I'm going to start working out consistently. It's just we're really resetting our lives for this next season yes. and using this birthday as a motivator to just really look at areas we become soft or easy on ourselves. Yes. And I love that quote, the harder you are on yourself, the infinitely easier life will be on you. Right. And we've been pretty soft on ourselves recently. Yes. Yes. And and life gets hard when you get soft. Yeah, that's right. So <laughs> that's just something that practically we're taking away yep. from this season. We really want to live out these years to the fullest potential that the Lord has. Yes. Amen. Well, folks, thanks again for listening. And we're excited to talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.